Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Oh my god. It's like we haven't done this in three months. The last three months have been very busy. Have been a blur. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've been counting down the days for summer. And now it's finally here. Well, it's still technically spring, but summer vacation. Oh my god, there's a damn cat at my door. Go away. I can see Figaro's little beans at the door. Go away. Hi, Figaro. He's little, like, beans, like, under the door. He's trying to get in. He's mad. He's like, please let me in, mother. It's like, how dare my mother close the door and not let me in? Oh, I just, I just still, I can't stop thinking about that tiny little, like, tuxedo cat I saw at the <laughs> park <laughs> on Sunday. Um, I was running, and I saw this tiny little thing. These people were trying to walk their cat or their kitten. The, oh. the, the kitten was not on board. Walking. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Kitten was probably on the ground like, why is this so heavy? Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I I literally saw it plop, like, on the concrete. And I was like, oh. (laughs) That's a mood. (laughs) Basically. I get it. I feel it. Well, welcome to your favorite podcast, Fiddle and Pipe. We are back after a few-month hiatus. I'm Brittany Mm -hmm. Ross. That's Catherine Flincham. Hello. We're both drinking the same seltzer. We are. We didn't plan this. <laughs> we did not. Uh, it's La Kroger blackberry citrus flavor. It's actually really good. I was hesitant at first when I saw it, and but it was like the only one left when some seltzers were on sale. So I like took it, and I'm like, I'm just gonna take a risk and see how it tastes, and it's pretty good. They make a cotton candy one that's like a limited edition, and it's like sickeningly sweet. Do not get it. It sounded disgusting when I saw it. I passed by it, was like, no thanks, I'm good. But they make a strawberry lemonade one that's really good. Is that in the red and white, red, white, and blue can? I saw one of those. That one's like bomb pop flavors. But it's also really good. Is it? It's like blue raspberry. (laughs) I worked at LaBelle for a while and we had blue raspberry syrup, so I'm kind of scarred from tasting it and we had it for so long too i swear we had it for like three years i don't know why anyone would want blue raspberry in their coffee it sounds gross we used it more for like italian sodas when you mix like Uh-oh. lacroix and syrup together mm-hmm. we used it more for that but i think like one time we did some we convinced a customer to order one And they were like, this is okay. Like, they're kind of smiling like... This is all right. Why did I just buy this? (laughs) (laughs) I think we made them another drink. Because I was like, here, just take this. (laughs) It's on the house. It's on the house. Yeah, for real. Anyway. Well, speaking of houses, today we read the... Well, we didn't read it today, but we read it over the last three months. And now we're talking about it. We read... Is it Priya Parker's... I would assume so, Priya Parker. Okay. Her book called The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters, and... This was, uh... A book. Yeah. I didn't know there was an art to gathering. Priya Parker did a very good job in constructing that out. To be honest, I feel like I'm going to gather the same way. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't feel like I'm going to change very much. Exactly. I kept thinking about your game nights, and I was just like, I wonder what Brittany's thinking right now. Like, is this helping her host a party? I felt really attacked, first off. (laughs) We're gonna briefly get into the book, just for those of you who maybe haven't read it, because, I don't know, I think you're the one who suggested this to us, right? Yeah. I saw it, like, on Instagram, and I was just like, interesting. And I I think it was, like, one of our possible books like when we were like trying to figure out books for uh oh god was it the year 2022 yes it was the year i think so and it was one of the ones that like didn't make the cut for that year yeah and then we were trying to decide like what to do for this year and we still have i think we bought this book and i was like let's just read it because we bought it 
and let's just check it out and see how it is. Now we know. We found out. <laughs> yeah. It was a book. I read it. Brittany feels attacked because she actually really does host some bomb game nights. Let's just be honest. Thank you. We should probably just dive right into this because I, I feel like we can synopsize this. Synops- synopsis? Give a synopsis? There we go. We're a little rusty on this in probably like 10 minutes. Probably, yeah. I can't, so I'm recording on Zoom and I can't minimize to see you, so I'm probably not going to be looking at you much during this. Wow, okay. That's kind of rude. I'm trying to organize it, though, into a part where I can see, okay, I think I got this. (laughs) I'm going to be a master, like, win at Microsoft, like, Windows user. (laughs) You sound like a boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Hire me. Anyway, let's go. Let's do this. Why are we gathering? Why are we? The whole synopsis was like, come up with an idea why you're gathering. Don't gather with no purpose. Which I felt attacked because I was like, game nights don't really have a huge purpose. Sorry, I like spiked my mic there. I feel very passionate about this. I mean, like the purpose is to like play games probably, but I feel like whenever like, whenever I, when it, well, maybe it's because it's different when I come to town. <laughs> Because, like, when I've come to town and gone to your house for, like, parties, like, the last time it was because you were, it was your birthday. Yeah, that's true. Like you were celebrating your birthday. And then I think the other time was I was in town and you're like, let's have a game night. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was excited to play some games and see people because, yeah. We love hosting game nights. It's like Cards Against Humanity and board games. We're big, big tabletop gamers. But I guess the reason why I felt attacked is because most of her examples were like, oh, well, you know, if you're having like a baby shower, you should be very obvious with the fact that it's a baby shower. And I'm like, what if you're just hanging out? Like not everything needs to be this like formal affair. Because most of her examples, I feel like were formal affairs or like big corporate events or stuff like that. And that's really, and I feel like for anybody probably wanting to read this book, I think if you are creating like a kind of gathering like a retreat for like your work or for like your book club or something or your yoga studio like I think like this is more like a formal setting of like okay like this is how to create a retreat for this purpose or yeah if you're planning a wedding you know like planning like an engagement party or a wedding shower or you know a after wedding brunch like it was very formal and I get why those have purposes but like in fact very specific purposes yeah yeah like if you just want to hang out with your friend because you're bored and you're like hey like are you doing anything and your friend's like no like do you want to hang do you want to like be in each other's company I don't think that specifically has to have a purpose <laughs> and then I feel like I, you could also get really meta sorry for interrupting you I feel like you could get really sorry. meta about that and be like well the purpose is to hang out with your friend it's like but does it always need to be like clearly stated it's not like I'm running a formal invitation and being like hang out at Britney's 3 p.m today put it in the mail <laughs> I will be expecting that before I come back to Georgia <laughs> Just, like, letting you know. <laughs> You're always invited to my house. Oh, thanks. I honestly feel like this section just could have been the whole chapter. I mean, it really could have. And she had some, like, interesting examples that, I guess, like, made sense for the chapter. But I don't want to go into detail with them because some of these examples just kind of, like, dragged on. And it was a lot of examples, too. It was, like... Mm-hmm. For each chapter, like, every point she made, I feel like she made it a point to have multiple examples for everything that she said. Kind of reminds me of Think Again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. To be very honest. <laughs> there was a moment where she's talking about, like, practical tips on crafting your purpose, or I guess, like, trying to figure out if you are doing, for instance, like, I'm thinking of, like, a work retreat or something like that. If that is the goal of your gathering, like what is the purpose of it and like how can we find that out I think one of the things that she pointed out to find that purpose is like she called it drill baby drill basically that just means keep asking your why 
until you hit a belief or value. So keep asking your questions, dig a little deeper until you actually find like the root. Like the root cause of the yeah. hangout. <laughs> exactly. Why do you want to hang out with your friend? Because I love them. <laughs> But I kind of think about that in other ways. Like, sometimes I think about that with my own mental, like, my own mental health. Like, if I'm thinking about something, like, negative for myself, I'll, like, sometimes ask myself why I'm feeling like this. And I'll keep Mm -hmm. asking myself, like, okay, well, is this true? Kind of like the mindset coachings that I would, you know, do with Chelsea. Right. That was one of the things that we, like, went over. And I feel like I still, like, apply today and kind of ask myself when I'm kind of not in a good place, but um, not for a gathering purpose, no. Yeah, I feel like this is also done in therapy a lot. That's kind of how therapists Mm -hmm. make you question things to get a deeper answer or, like, a deeper response from you when you're just like, oh, like, I'm really pissed off today. They're like, oh, well, like, why are you pissed Mm -hmm. off? And then eventually you find out, you know, you had some, like, I don't know, childhood trauma that, like, was triggered by something or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was just, like, a really interesting point Mm -hmm. in this, like, part of the chapter, so. Interesting to apply it to gathering. Well, I mean, it would make sense if, like, if you're not really sure if, again, I'm thinking of, like, a formal, like, work retreat or something. If you want people, like, your coworkers to gather in a space, but you're, like, not quite sure how to, like, keep them all engaged or, like, how to connect them, that could be, Mm -hmm. like, a tool for you to apply in the process. Why? What is the point of all of us meeting here? Exactly. Closed doors. We're gonna close doors on people and be exclusive. Mean. That is our goal. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm just kidding. Not really, but... Except not. (laughs) This was more just, like, I guess creating boundaries... In your gathering. Yeah. It was kind of a weird... I don't know. The section was, like, kind of weird because there was a whole section on how to, like, exclude people and don't feel, like, obliged to invite certain people to things. But it was, like... I don't know. She just drilled the point home so much, I felt like it was just kind of mean at a certain point. <laughs> it's, like, I get that you don't want to invite, like, you know, your whole neighborhood to your birthday party... But I feel like for the most part, you can just kind of do it without thinking. Like, if you have to put some serious thought into it, there's probably other issues there. Maybe, like, a wedding, if you, you know, you want to invite someone, like... Like, I know with, um, with my wedding, we had to invite a bunch of, like, David's family's friends that, like, I didn't really know. And, you know, like, sometimes with weddings especially, you kind of invite people just as a nicety. Like, I invited a lot of extended family that I haven't seen Mm -hmm. just because A, it was a nicety, and B, because, like, maybe they'll send us something. You're really nice. I feel like if I ever got married, I'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I would be exclusive. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if I could go back and get married again, I would probably be more exclusive with, like, who we invited. <laughs> you did show your stress like the day after at that brunch when you were like, if David dies, I'm eloping next time. <laughs> I did not want to go through that again. <laughs> sorry, David. <laughs> yeah, sorry if you listened to this. Um, happy, uh, happy anniversary today. Um, <laughs> let's make this marriage last. <laughs> True love, right there. Ten years. Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess white weddings is what came to mind because that's kind yeah. of, I feel like that's the biggest event where you kind of like extend invitations as like a courtesy and like a nicety and not always because like you want to. If you invite one coworker, you feel like you have to invite multiple coworkers. Um, if you invite like one cousin, you have to invite all the cousins, stuff like that. Yeah. And especially like, cause like my wedding was like very formal and had like a lot of people. So like, that's the event I was thinking of. Mm. Not everyone has a wedding like that. No. But I feel like in, like, a normal situation when you have, like, when you're just, like, hanging out, you kind of know who you're inviting and you usually don't invite people as nice of you things. Mm-hmm. I've been in, like, situations where, like, I've hung out with certain groups of people and then, like, haven't hung out with certain groups of people. It's okay to, I guess, exclude people if you want to, but it's not, like... In a mean way, it's just like, hey, it's not relevant. Hey, I don't like you, bye. (laughs) 
Hey, I don't like you. Bye. <laughs> it's not rejection. It's just, just like what you said earlier. It's just boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. Like, yeah. that could have been put in that chapter as a simple sentence, and we would have moved on. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. The other part of this chapter was where. Oh, yeah. First determine your venue, and then your venue determines which you gets to show up. That's what I literally got in quotes from the book. If you're having, like, this big fancy wedding, maybe don't do it in your backyard because you won't get those big fancy vibes. True. Unless you have, like, a beautiful garden. Yeah. Unless you have, like, a really great landscape artist and you live, like, in a mansion out in, like, the English countryside and you're like, this is my backyard, y'all. Here's my wedding. I was thinking about my backyard where we maybe don't mow as much as we should and there's, like, some dog shit out there because we have a dog. <laughs> maybe not the vibes that you're looking for. Not the vibes. <laughs> you don't want to walk in heels and step into some mush. Yeah. Uh, the next section is don't be a chill host. And I feel like this is the chapter that I had the most beef with because I was like, what if you just want all your friends over for dinner and game night? Because that's what you do. <laughs> because it's just like how, I don't know. Do you want to introduce like what she means by a chill host? <laughs> So basically, chill is you caring about masquerading your guests. It's less about caring for them, and that's not okay because I guess, like, when I go to Brittany's house for game night, I'm expecting her to, like, lead the show. She or David to lead the show, lead the party. Probably David. They can't just be chill. They have to lead it. This is the game that we're playing. This is the food that we're having, which I guess like I kind of understand just saying that, but it's just... That makes sense. Because again, I was thinking of more formal events and it's just like if you're going to like an active or a um, event that has specific planned activities, like I think when we went through our notes together, the example Mm -hmm. that I used was like a bridal shower where it's like you have games, you have gifts, like sometimes there's like a lunch involved so it's like you do have like these activities and usually like bridal showers and baby showers and stuff have like a short window of time to like do all those things so usually you do have someone to this is the lunch time this is the gift time this is the whatever we're playing the games now well like also for us i would say like whenever we do have like for instance when we have multiple people on in an episode Mm -hmm. we kind of have to lead it (laughs) yeah our our guests kind of expect that (laughs) right Like, we can't just sit around and be like, okay, who goes first? Yeah, that's true. It's kind of our jobs to be, like, initiating the, you know, the conversation of whatever book that we're talking about. That's true. So, that makes sense. What was it, like, the example of if, like, we're too chill, like, someone else in the party can take over? Someone's gonna be, like, the dictator of your group. And you don't want that because it's your gathering, not theirs. Yeah. They need to back off and learn their boundaries. <laughs> I guess I was thinking when she said that, I was like, have I ever really been to an event where, like, someone who's, like, not the host tries to take charge? You know, honestly, I really can't think of anything. Yeah, neither can I. I feel like that'd just be so awkward. I feel like things that are just not, quote, unquote, properly governed just kind of fizzle out and maybe end early or whatever. Yeah. Ah. Uh. I mean, there was, like, another part where she was talking about, like, you like you being, like, not a chill host is, like, making you, like, take care of your guests, too. I feel like that's, like, the whole, like, gist of wonders of generous authority or whatever that section was. Yeah, because they don't have to sit there and be like, oh, well, like, now what do we do? It's like, oh, well, it's dictated for me. Yeah. That's all I have to say about this chapter. <laughs> Next chapter is create a temporary alternative world. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I understand why this is a thing, but I uh, just... Uh. Are you going to create any rules when you do your next game night? No. <laughs> uh, did you want me to talk about rules? This whole thing was super annoying. It was like... Well, why was it annoying? Uh, she talks about etiquette versus... Po- why am I reading your notes? She talks about etiquette versus pop-up rules. <laughs> It's like the manners that everyone follows versus when you go to a wedding and they have that like quaint little sign that's like, please turn off your cell phones or whatever. And she went really extreme with the pop-up rules thing. She gave an example of like the here I am days. 
here I am. I am here. That's like what I imagine on here I am days. What are the here I am days? So basically, it was um, those days where like she and her husband, like, I guess like a group of people would like come together once every month or so and explore like a new part of New York. Like in a city like that, that would make sense. I totally get that. But it was like a whole day. It was like for 12 hours, you can't use your phone. A whole day. You have to stay there the whole day. You can't leave early. You can't come late. You can't have your phone on. You have to like turn it off or not bring it or whatever. Completely like disconnect from like the outside world. Oh, and you can't bring anybody. Like no one can come in. Like you have to be there the entire time. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't like bring along someone who wasn't invited. Yeah. And wasn't there, like, a whole beef of, like, somebody, like, wanting to bring their spouse and they're, like, no? I think it was, like, something stupid, which is weird because I feel like it's weird to invite one spouse and not the other. I mean, if you're trying to keep it, like, sacred, and I'm thinking back to, like, this video, that that video that I told you that I watched because I pulled a rainer, someone had to, and I, like, did some research before. (laughs) We recorded, but I really just watched a video, her talking about the book, and I guess, like, in her perspective, you know, she's looking for more meaningful gatherings and connecting with people. I don't know. I don't live in New York. I don't know. Maybe this is your life in New York. Who knows? If you live in New York, New York, just let us know, because I don't know, but I don't work a nine-to-five, and I see many people all the time, and more of the so, whenever I have free time, I want to be alone, so... I see a lot of people. But if you're, like, working a 9 to 5, you're probably, like, you know, you probably see the same things every day. If you're, like, walking Mm -hmm. to work. And, again, I'm thinking, like, in a New York perspective because she was bringing out the example that this was in New York. But maybe, like, if you're, like, you know, working your job all the time, then you're coming home and taking care of your family. You might not have enough time to gather with, like, friends and connect with people. So maybe she's coming from a perspective of that because she was talking about, like, you know, like, her friends, like, like, it just kind of seems like very adult, like, conversations and gatherings that I don't really have with my friends, even though we are adults. (laughs) Seemed very formal gatherings, and whenever I hang out with my friends, it's not like that. Yeah, I feel like we live in two, two very different worlds. From the perspective that I got from this book, it was like, you know, I have to schedule time to see people, or, like, have that free time, which I, I mean, now living post-quarantine pandemic time, I get that. Because I have to schedule in things to make sure that I don't over-schedule, like, those things. Like, I almost uh, scheduled some Zoom orientations and flute lessons during uh, the time I was going to go see All Time Low at Red Rocks. And I was like, oh, I should put that in my calendar. <laughs> so I don't, like, double book myself. Which is really fun, by the way. <laughs> I understand why you might want pop-up rules, but... I don't know. A lot of her examples just seemed like really overbearing and high maintenance and I'm just not a high maintenance person. I just Mm-mm. didn't like, I don't know. I feel like if Matt texted me and he was like, hey, do you want to like walk around Atlanta with me for 12 hours and not use your phone and only you can come and David can't come and you have to be there the whole time and be like, oh God, no. Well, okay. One, when are you walking around Atlanta? Is it like in the winter? Is it in the spring? Is it in the summer where it's hot as hell and you want to die because you're out in the hot swamp? It just doesn't (sighs) sound like a good time. No, it doesn't sound like a good time. Now, if it was like an air conditioning, yes. Yeah. Hang out inside for 12 hours? Yes. Heck yeah. I would totally do that. I'm an indoor cat. I've been (laughs) declawed. Pentaclon. Her next section is... It's Amazon priming. Amazon priming. How to prepare people for your event. What was it? An intentional gathering begins to host upon discovery of the gathering, not when it physically starts. And this is where Brittany had some beef with that bachelor party example. Oh my gosh. One of her examples about (laughs) priming people for an event was this guy who... I got this mysterious letter, and in it, he had, there was, like, a key. And he was just like, I got this mysterious letter, and then since then, I was thrilled and invigorated. And then, like, 
he kept getting stuff in the mail, like random letters for a period of like four months. And then at the end of the four months, his like friends kidnapped him and gave him a bachelor party. And I was like, what the hell kind of example is that? Like, I'm not going to go kidnap people that I want to hang out with. <laughs> I'm not going to send them random <laughs> shit in the mail. Could you imagine though, if we did that for your bachelorette party, I don't like, how would you react? I would have had so much anxiety. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm being stalked. <laughs> Someone's going to come kill me. Like what? I was like, this is a horrible example. <laughs> like, no one, no one does this. There are better ways to, I feel like, prepare your guests and just, like, you know, you could have, like, a group text and, like, just talk about the logistics or do, like, little cute planned activities. Don't send them random shit in the mail. I don't know. I hated this section. <laughs> <laughs> it gave you a little bit of anxiety for sure. It gave me a lot of anxiety. I think I texted you when I read this section. I was just like, what the actual hell are we reading? (laughs) (laughs) The art of the darkness. Oh my god. Of gathering. (laughs) I'm like trying to think about any example I've encountered of priming. And I can't, to be honest. Like, I guess like... Wouldn't, like, a rehearsal dinner be kind of, like, the prime for, like, the wedding the next day? When you're in a wedding, and especially if you're in, like, a position of being, like, a maid of honor, or not a maid of honor, a bridesmaid or a groomsman, you get, like, all the texts and the messages ahead of time, and you have to, like, get all the stuff and do all the things, and that's kind of priming for the event, but I just feel yeah. like for normal guests, it's, you don't really prime them. I think, like, one interesting example, like... I went to, like, one wedding, and I remember usually, like, whenever you get, like, a wedding invitation, it's, um, like, usually, like, you would buy something off the registry, right? Yeah. Yeah, and in this case, like, these, this couple did not have a wedding registry. I think they were like, we're not doing that. Instead, bring your favorite dish, because we're going to have a potluck, basically, after the wedding. That's fun. Which made it, yeah, it was really fun. I was really excited to go because it made it seem, like, less... I don't know, whenever I go to weddings, I feel like I have to, like, dress super nice. And I have to, like, be super, you know, on my best behavior. (laughs) (laughs) This just felt a little bit more casual and a little bit more inviting. Especially since, like, I knew I was going to see people there that I knew. But I knew I was not going to know a lot of people at that, like, wedding. Yeah. Like, family and stuff. It felt really personable. It felt really chill. And it was it was a really, like, nice, you know, ceremony, nice time. I thought it was just really quaint and cute. And I was like, wow, that's so smart. I kind of want to do that. Are you going to do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting married, so I'm fine. What about people who are out of town? I can't bring food with me from Georgia to Colorado, Catherine. Well, you can always, like, bring, like... Endless breadsticks from Olive Garden or something. <laughs> Just bring the whole restaurant. <laughs> bring the whole I bring, restaurant. I bring you the staff of Olive Garden. <laughs> Hello, Jim. The hostess. Her host. <laughs> he can lead me to my table. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, that's actually a great transaction. Or transact. Oh my god. Transition. I went to ushering. Yeah, to ushering. Is it just me or sometimes I know what ushering means, but I just keep thinking of usher. <laughs> like the artist. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> if you've been listening to our podcast and you like what your ears are bringing to your brain, and you're looking for more content from your favorite podcasters, then consider becoming a member of our Patreon. Yeah, we have a couple tiers, and you'll be able to gain access to episode outtakes, as well as Fiddle and Pipe Happy Hour and Fiddle and Pipe After Dark. Which are super fun to record and read. Yeah, because on After Dark, we read exclusive books you won't hear on our regular feed, like Fifty Shades of Grey, and soon we'll be covering Verity by Colleen Hoover and I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Get it? exclusive like triple x like 50 shades x and in happy hour we chat more about our lives taylor swift cats twilight more cats and more taylor swift everything you love and hate about us is on that podcast exactly and did we forget to mention our bookmarks oh yeah every patron will be mailed a fiddle and pipe bookmark it's super cute 
It's durable-ish, and it helps me keep track of where I am in my book. It's super functional, you guys. Bartok loves it, too. He actually took some chomps out of mine. Facts. Rude. <laughs> if you're curious about joining our Patreon, click the link in the episode description or visit patreon.com slash pipe where you can check out our tiers and get all the goodies inside. And we'll give you a shout out because you're amazing. Yeah, we love you. Forever. And I... No, no, we need to stop. (laughs) Well, okay, you're no fun. Well, I guess we'll just go back to the boring old podcast. This was really formal. Yeah, like how to greet them and... The transition from like them coming to the actual gathering and then you leading them to the gathering. Yeah, that was kind of it. (laughs) That was so formal. I was like, so if I had a dinner party, for instance, this is when I have to go answer the door. I answer the door and then I lead them to the dinner party. Like, that's what I like got out of that section. I don't know. When Dave and I have had like dinner parties for groups of people, like one of us answers the door and usually there's like some screaming because Valkyrie's barking and people are already there. So there's a bunch of yelling and then it's just like, yo, do you want a drink? Oh yeah, you bought booze. Thanks. Oh, hey, hi. I guess that's like ushering. In a... That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> we could have written this book. You and David could write this book. I feel like you guys host more parties than I do. I don't host anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we also live in a house. You live in an apartment. That's that's a little different. It's very true. Woody and I did host a dinner party one time when, um, uh, when was this? Oh, God. It was definitely 10 years ago. Oh, wow. That's why I don't remember as much. <laughs> this was, like, when, um, he was living at his dad's house and there was, like, nobody around. His dad was probably, like, out of town. And so mm-hmm. we're, like, let's do, like, a fun dinner party with our friends. It was very, like, I think that was the most formal we've ever gotten. But we, again, we had, like, a whole house to work with, not a condo. (laughs) Right. With a very demanding cat. (laughs) A little bit of a different situation. Yeah. When your cat, when I come over, your cats are very welcoming, but they also are, like... Two out of three are welcoming. Two out of three are very welcoming. (laughs) The other one you will never see. <laughs> You'll never see the other one. Except I do remember that one time we gathered uh, uh, ah. to watch uh, one of the episodes of Game of Thrones. I think it was the one where uh, the Starbucks cup was like in the scene yeah. and everyone was talking about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I remember we're all, it's like, I don't know how many of us were there. It, I was there. Matt was there. I think one of David's friend was there. Yeah. Was there anybody else? There had to be more people. There were a good amount of people. And I just remember it was dark. And then out of nowhere, like, David's like, shh, nobody move. And it was freaking Figaro, like... Coming out. Coming out of the darkness. But he was still, like, a dark shadow in the darkness in the hallway. (laughs) He's coming out to see what's happening. And then I just remember he, like, looked over at everybody because we're all just, like, sitting there looking at him. And then he ran away. With his, oh, fuck, eyes. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like, you can't see his eyes, but you can see, like, the glare or the reflection from the TV light mm-hmm. into the eyes. And he's like, bye. <laughs> Poor guy. He's an anxious boy. He really is. Did you want to talk about launching? I guess, like, she was trying to say, like, how are you going to launch your gathering? Make it unique in a way. I did, like, the example that she brought up with, like, there was a guy that she knows that, you know is part of the opera world, I believe. If either he's, like, a critic or he is part of the opera world. But um, how an overture can kind of set the scene, like, the first, like, couple measures of an overture can set the scene of what the opera is about. And I'm thinking about Mozart overtures, like, Marriage of Figaro and the Magic Flute. I'm, like, trying to think of operas that I played. <laughs> I didn't. I know I didn't do the magic. I didn't do Marriage of Figaro though. But I'm just trying to think of like overtures. Like I did um, Die Fledermaus one year. I was gonna say Wagner has a bunch of them. Wagner and it, ugh, I kind of zone out in Wagner's music though. It's so long. <laughs> yeah, not really my thing either. But it's okay. We're not brass people. True. I'm a woodwind and you're a violin. 
Hey. I'm a violin. <laughs> I really didn't have anything else to say about this section. I mean, did you? I mean, honestly, no. This was just, it felt semi-formal, and then there were some really cute parts where I was like, oh, yeah, like, that makes sense. That's a nice analogy or example. Yeah, exactly. Chapter six was keep your best self out of my gathering. Only bring your worst self. I want this party to be a disaster. Yeah, I bring in my emo self every time I go into a gathering. Into Britney's game nights, I'm like bringing my side bangs and skinny jeans and being like, God, Britney, why did you invite me to this gathering? <laughs> oh. But it's like, I feel like that could be the whole chapter. It's just like the title. It's just uh, giving people like the room to feel like they can be their best self and not... I don't know, yeah. whatever else. Don't be fake. <laughs> I feel like when I go to your house and see you and, like, other friends of ours, I feel more of myself, I feel like, when I'm there. Yeah, because you're comfortable. Yeah, and I feel like if someone's not feeling that way at your gathering, that seems like, I don't want to say a problem. No, because I think it's also normal for people not to feel comfortable. Like, if someone was coming over to my house for the very first time, I don't expect them to be their complete 100% yeah. self. And I'm that way sometimes when I go to certain, like, I guess, like, hangouts or if I go to a certain, like, gathering. I kind of think about mm-hmm. it sometimes when I, like, go to a gathering with, like, more stuff like what he's like, hey, let's go check out this, like, beer release at this place. And he... Because he's, you know, he's a very extroverted person, I would say, in my opinion, compared to me. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, speaks to people more, much better, I would say, than me. More, much better. (laughs) (laughs) Let me rephrase that. I I would just say that he knows a lot more people, especially, like, in the beer industry than I do. And he has much better knowledge of it. Whereas I am just kind of, like, on the side, like, hey, this is good. This tastes like beer. (laughs) Yeah, like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Like, that's me in that situation. And so I definitely understand that. Also, I liked, allow the darkness to come into your gathering if it happens. She kept saying the darkness. And I was like, what are we, like, is Lord Voldemort going to come out of here? (laughs) I think she, because the example that she used was, like, some kind of, like, dinner party. And they were like, say one thing that you're grateful for for the year or something and then someone like brought up death or something and they all had like a really insightful conversation about it and it was just like okay that's fine I guess that's fine yeah I mean I feel like that more detailed part of my life will come out towards the end of a party like for instance when we're like sitting staying up late till like 2 a.m Mm-hmm. playing violin and viola and then really getting deep in conversations because we have drank a, quite a bit and we're getting a little bit more open and vulnerable. But I'm not going to like go share that probably at the beginning of the party when there's a lot more people and things are just getting started. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can see where that does come up. There's a time and a place. Yeah, time and a place. Or speaking of time and place, uh, her next chapter is about uh, causing good controversy, and mm-hmm. I, I just said no. I think that there's a time and a place for controversy. By controversy, she just means like don't be afraid to bring up like quote unquote forbidden topics like religion, politics, and sex. But the thing is, it's just like most of the interactions that I'm in are like with kids or at schools or like with other professional musicians, and I'm not gonna like go up to some sixth grader and be like, so, what religion are you? <laughs> what do you think about our president? I remember I worked in an environment where, like, and I can remember because this happened when I was working there, like, after the 2016 presiden- presidential election and mm-hmm. around that time, I remember a lot of people were, like, talking about it where I worked at the school that I was at, and I was just, like, I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, uh. It was just, like, a different environment, because I don't think I've ever been in an environment where people, especially at a workplace, were so open about that election. Mm-hmm. 
But maybe it also made, like, I don't know, maybe it made sense also because a lot of people were upset about the results of the election, so I totally understand that. But I just never been in, like, a situation where people were so open talking about it in a workplace, like, at a public workplace. And I was just like, wow. Again, like, I think, like, this might have been, like, my second year in Denver, so it was a different environment, and I would just be like, (laughs) oh. I mean, I just remember being asked, like, even up front, like, about my opinions on it. And I was just like, I don't remember, like, what I said. I don't know if I said anything at all. I think I was just, like, kind of like, what? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I never been thrown that question before, I guess, like, by people. By randos, basically. Yeah. Or, like, coworkers. Coworkers, but, like, I mean, I think I feel more comfortable when I'm, like, around people that I know. Well, yeah. I think I'm a little bit different now, to be honest. I think I have different, like, a different approach now. But back then, I was just like, whoa. Like, this is a completely different setting that I've been used to my whole life, I would say. Right. I've never, like, had, like, a situation at, like, a family gathering where those kinds of topics have been brought up. I feel like if that did, it'd be not fun. I was going to say, well, I have had family interactions and friend interactions where we're talking about this kind of stuff and the thing is Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah in theory no one's ever gonna change their mind if you just like sit with your own opinions but also at the same time like hardly ever does anyone change their mind when you're talking about like politics and religion and stuff so no I feel like people are so guarded in those situations like in those conversations or some people can be yeah and most people I feel like are just kind of set in their ways so Mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of those people where there's like there's not much of a point talking about it like I'm I definitely fall into the camp where I'm more likely to talk about it with people who I know agree with me mm-hmm. but that's also dangerous because that kind of puts you in like a bubble that's true there's pros and cons there is a time and a place that's yeah. what you said earlier and I totally agree with that like I'm not gonna bring up something like that when I'm working at the bar that I work at yeah. Unless, like, somebody brings it up, like, in a topic of, like, in a topic of conversation. Then I might say something if they ask me and I'll be honest about it. But I'm not going to bring it up on a beautiful day when I'm not thinking about that. <laughs> right. The last chapter in this book is accept that there is an end. There's always an end to a beginning. Nothing ever lasts forever. Except if you're there at 3 (laughs) a.m. That might have happened in our last gathering together. Yeah. But that's okay. I didn't... It was just... Catherine was at my house and she was only in town for like three days. So I just had her come over and then I never really kicked her out. And then she realized it was like 3 a.m. And it was a work day for me and I didn't care. And I kept saying like, I need to go home. And you were like... You're fine. <laughs> because I literally didn't care. I would never see you. <laughs> True. I just felt so bad because I was like, oh. Well, I could also tell like you you were leaving because you felt like you had to leave because it was late and like I wanted you to leave. But it was really late and I needed to sleep. <laughs> you needed to sleep. You had to teach children. Maybe I was keeping you then. <laughs> Maybe I'm the problem. I mean, I'm the problem, too. Sometimes I never know when to stop. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. So basically, there always has to be someone who <laughs> uh, declares an end to the gathering. And one thing that she did yeah. that I enjoyed was that you kind of, like, can't really just kick people out. I know David and I have actually done that once or twice, where we're just like, okay, everyone, we're done. Like, get out. And it's, like, kind of half jest, but it's also, like, serious. <laughs> But it's just, like, if some people, like, kind of giving lingering vibes and some people, like, definitely want to leave, you can be like, hey, you know, we're moving locations. Mm -hmm. If some of you want to stay, like, you can go into, like, this room. If you want to leave, like, bye. Because it kind of gives people a reason to, like, leave anyway because they're shifting around and stuff. And this is why I don't host parties because I would just kick people out. Be like, get out of my house. I want to be alone. Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for me to chill out and watch 90 Day Fiance, read my book, <laughs> pet my cat, <laughs> go on swift talk 
like, let me do my thing. Swift talk. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to say about this book before we go into our rating, review, and recommendations? I mean, I was trying to, like, sit there and think about things that could be relevant in my life, and I think there are, mm-hmm. but this was just really formal. I did yeah. think it was kind of funny how she, there was, like, a part in this last chapter where she said, oh, I'm going to thank everybody in the middle of this chapter that, you know, inspired me to write this book, and then I'm going to end on my closing statement. And I was just like, what? And I kind of, like, skimmed through it. I was like, I'm not going to read everybody's names. I read a little bit of it thinking that I would get more out of it. And I was just like, I'm really not that invested in this. I just kind of skimmed it. Would you like to go first for rate, review? I gave it a 5 out of 10. What did I write down? I'll just, I'll just write what I, I'll, I'll just read what I wrote. Uh, this book was not quite what I expected. Um, I think I expected this actually to be a little bit more personable. It was very formal. And I think if you're, like, hosting a work retreat, uh, a wedding, or some kind of specific party for somebody, then this is probably, like, a good book to, like, obtain those social skills if you need those social skills and guidance. I'm just being honest. I, I just thought this would be a little bit more personable of, like, why we actually do meet. I think there were some good points, like what we talked about earlier, but it nothing really kind of stood out, to be very honest. It's not super memorable. Like, I try to think about, like, how I gather when I do, like, meet up with friends maybe, like, sometimes. But I don't really think about, like, oh, the meaning of it. I feel like if there is a meaning, it's more like I just want to hang out with my friends, you know? Like, I just want to hang out with them, you know, see what they're up to, how they're doing, get out of my house, (laughs) explore a new place do something new if we are doing something new or just like talk to somebody. It's not really like, what is the purpose of this? What is the meaning of life to this? And that, that's the kind of tone I got out of this book. Kind of reminded me of Think Again a little bit, but also it really heightened my social anxiety a little bit. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be hosting anything soon. (laughs) I mean, I think the closest thing to hosting I'll get with this book is probably like hosting a flute recital for my students. Right. My recommendation, you know, I was trying to think of books to compare this to, and I did see some books, like, on Goodreads that if you like this book, here are some other reads that people liked, but nothing kind of really stood out to me. I was more just, like, talk to your friends and go outside. (laughs) Don't sit there reading a book worrying what people are going to think about your gathering. (laughs) Yeah. Like, maybe go outside and talk to your friends about a book that you read recently that you really enjoyed Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like that that's my recommendation really (laughs) if you are not planning on hosting a party then don't read this book (laughs) no there's no point I gave this book a three out of ten kind of to echo what Catherine said I found some parts of it interesting but I feel like most of it didn't really apply to events that occur in my life and if they did or do then I kind of have to like dig deeper and honestly I'm not that interested in digging deeper because again most of my hangouts are either like really informal gatherings with friends or like hanging out with a family on a holiday or just to see people or, you know, meeting up with a student for a lesson. So I don't really have to dig deep for any of these things. And I feel like a lot of it was Priya was writing out her resume of all the things that she did and does. And some of the examples seemed extreme, like the bachelor. I was going to say bachelorette, the bachelor party one just seemed really extreme and unnecessary. And I get you're doing that to make a point, but it's just like, no one is going to do this. Yeah, sorry. We didn't can't, we did not kidnap you for your bachelorette party. I'm honestly disappointed. I want a do-over. <laughs> a do <laughs> For your 31st birthday, we're going to kidnap you. Oh God, no. David uh, picked this book up when I was reading it and he was flipping through it and he said that it looked like something a recently divorced middle-aged woman would be reading when she's trying to figure out how to get back out there and do things. And I was like, I could see that. You have a point, David. Recommendations. I I put maybe The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson because it, it does deal a little bit with like interactions with other people, but... yeah. 
I, I don't I don't know. This is kind of way out of the stuff that I usually read. I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone unless you're doing something like a formal affair. And even then, I feel like you can probably get through your formal affair and not read this. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be okay without the actual art yeah. in play. Just gather. You'll be okay. It reminds me of Think Again a little bit, and I kind of like how... It's interesting how we don't really like these books as much as we did with some of our nonfiction reads that last year, you know? Because yeah. we really liked Atomic Habits, and we really liked... We really liked The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. And there was, oh, Think Again, I think? Not Think Again. Um, no. What was the sloth book again? Uh, Do Nothing. Do Nothing. Like, we liked that. The sloth book. The sloth book. <laughs> <laughs> can't think yeah atomic habits and do nothing i really enjoyed i don't know i just feel like this one was i couldn't really relate to it as much and i feel like at the core that's kind of the issue it's just i feel like most of it didn't apply to me it's okay not to like a book it's okay not all of them are going to be uh wins next up we have um song of achilles by madeline Mm -hmm. or madeline is it madeline or madeline i'm gonna say madeline miller i'm in my head too much uh, Madeline Miller, <laughs> and you've already finished it, and I'm I'm still chugging through it, but we, we're we're making progress. Yeah, but that will be our next read, so stay mm-hmm. tuned. We are doing things a little bit differently, um, just due to how our schedules operate and just who we are as people. Now we are not really putting the podcast out on like a certain schedule. So stuff will be just kind of like coming out as we have it. So just make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite listening app. Also follow us on our socials for updates as well. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at Phil and Pipe Forum. Um, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok, both Fiddle and Pipe Pod now. So type those in. Those links will be in our description. And yeah, just stay tuned for more updates when when we'll be releasing episodes and other things. So yeah, yeah, you can follow us individually um, on Instagram. Catherine is at Kathleen Flute. I'm at BM Mm -hmm. Ross Music. Please make sure you rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app because that it will help us get access to more listeners somehow. Also on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a little thing that in each episode that says, let us know what you thought about this episode or something like mm-hmm. that. Let us know what you thought about The Art of Gathering. Um, if you read it or if you know of this book, let us know what you thought. If you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, we'd like to know what you think. So um, you can listen on Spotify. <laughs> I would love for someone to come and fight me on The Art of Gathering. Brittany's ready. I'm ready. Fist up everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's kind of it yeah yeah that's it so thanks for listening guys and joining us on this book that we just read and on to the next see you for song of achilles bye bye thanks siri